This is Educate for Life with Kevin Conover on AM 1170, The Answer. Educate for Life, a look at current events from today's headlines and how they affect you. What you believe shapes your worldview and your ultimate destiny. Learn more now at educateforlife.com. Now, in studio, here is your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer, in San Diego, every Sunday from 4 to 5 p.m. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org. And if you like a like the show today, you can pick up a recording tomorrow of the show. Uh, it's also podcast. It's also on YouTube. And uh, love to have your feedback also. Does atheism make sense of reality? I'm going to be moderating a debate on Tuesday the 29th at San Diego State University at 7 p.m. at the Alumni Association Hall. The, the two people debating are going to be Jeff Archer, who is my guest today, and he's going to be representing the atheistic viewpoint, and also Dr. Andy McIntosh, who is going to represent the Christian theist viewpoint. And I wanted to um, have both of these guys on my show ahead of time just to uh, kind of, uh, you know, take it away from the debate uh, atmosphere and make it more, uh, you know, of a conversation. And I want to tell you a little bit about Jeff before we get into a conversation here. But Jeff is a professional journalist and author. He has six books to his credit, two more that are going to be published in the next year. He's been involved with TV and radio debates throughout San Diego County on Fox News, KFMB Radio, Channel 39, NBC, and a variety of other media outlets. He gives the atheist side to all kinds of issues. You know, he's been involved in discussions over the Mount Soledad Cross, prayer in public schools, the use of public taxpayer money uh, for local and government. uh, You know, is the government subsidizing religious events and programs? And he's also the president and been the president for quite a while uh, now of the Atheist Coalition of San Diego. Jeff, thanks a lot for being on the show today. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, I I wanted to start off uh, by allowing our listeners to get some background from you about um, how you grew up, where you grew up. You have an you have a strong accent and uh, just where you got your um, ideas about religion and your philosophy about life and your your atheism. Uh, Well, I hope my accent isn't where I'm from. I'm from New England, but uh, most New Englanders, they don't pronounce their eyes. I lived in England for six years, so Uh it's probably a combination. Uh, I grew up in Rhode Island. I grew up in a household with no religion, not an atheist household, but no religion. And so, you know, I had to look at life and and figure out things the way I thought about them. And uh, I was always a thinker as a kid. I was always, you know, I'd I'd go in the woods and check and find out stuff. Well, what's this leaf look like and things like that? And I lived near a bay. And so, um, you know, I, I never gave it a thought. And on my first day in school, now in those days, prayer was obligatory when you went to school. It was the first thing you said in the morning, and then the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, this was in Rhode Island? Uh, yes, Rhode Island. Okay. And so, so 1953, I guess, yeah. So, so, so Jeff, you just... I'm not of a different generation than, than you are. So. That's right. You're, six, you're 67, right? Uh, uh, 68 tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Okay. So, so, okay, let's stand up and pray. Uh, I had no clue. And I, I looked at the other kids, and, you know, they were praying. Uh-huh. And so, uh, you know, I didn't know much about school. So I thought, geez, i got to do something here. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get chewed out here. So, you know, I, I moved my lips, and then I mimicked them, and I, I, I learned the words. And, 
And when I prayed, it was not like, you know, a believer praise. It's just, you know, something that I didn't want to get, you know, sent to, uh, you know, later on, especially after first grade, when you get a little older, you know, you get sent to detention if you do something sure. everybody else doesn't do. 1963, a homeroom teacher in high school, as a junior, came in one day and said, by the way, there will be no more prayer at the beginning of the, of the day today. And what, what my observation then was, and most of the kids in class, it's a very heavy Catholic area I come from. And mm-hmm. I went to high school in the Fall River, Massachusetts, very working class, immigrants, Portuguese, Italian, French. And most of the kids, even though, you know, that they had a religion, they were, wow, we don't have to waste two minutes on that anymore. And I look at today now, and they have protests, and they get almost violent about having it in school. Yeah, so yeah. Time, times have changed on that one. That's I, for, yeah. I, I'm more of an observer and, 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 a, uh, and a reporter on life than, than I am with, you know, I don't belong to any political party, don't belong to any religion. I take something straight the way I see it, and then I go from there. And I don't like to debunk anything. Mm-hmm. Debunking means you're going in with the idea it's already bogus. I hear what you're saying. No matter how outrageous it may seem to me, I go in with the idea right down the middle. And I've changed things in my life that I, I sincerely held as, you know, that I believed in, not, not you know, uh, in, uh, in a religious sense. And I've changed over the years because I've looked at the results and they were wrong. Yeah. And I would be the first one to say I was wrong. Have you ever heard of Lawrence Krauss? I have heard of Lawrence Krauss, yeah. Okay, he's, he's, he's a great astrophysicist. Mm-hmm. He made a statement one time. He said the most liberating feeling in life is to take something that you held so deeply believe in and have somebody challenge it. And rather than just discounting the challenge, say, let me check it out. And you check it out and find you were wrong. And he is absolutely correct. And I, I, I've changed my views on certain things over the years. Yeah, that's good. And kind of a, having a humble attitude, being able to look at, uh, look at things. And, well, and, I, uh, I looked at the proof and I said, you know, and, and you know, food, I'll give you one, for instance, GMO foods. I oppose them. I, I believe all the propaganda. I don't know how Christians feel on this, or how you personally feel on it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, oh, this is poison, this and that, yak, yak, yak. I, you know, organic foods are the best. Now I look, and organic foods are being sold at twice the price of GMO foods. Yeah. So it's an industry in itself they've created with the term organic. Then I looked at the test results. I mean, many of them. And from independent sources, not, not Monsanto. And I found out I was wrong. Now, you've heard of uh, the science guy, Larry Nye. I'm, I'm sure it was Larry or Nye. Was last Bill Nye? Bill Nye, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six months ago, he changed his mind on them. People, oh, you're sold out. He said, no. He said, I looked at the facts deeper than I ever had. So that's, that's, my, that's my attitude. Well, I like that approach. That's a fantastic approach. Now, I had a question for you, Jeff. You know, you said you went to school that, that time and the kids started praying. When you came yeah. home, um, because you were unfamiliar with prayer and so forth, how, how, how did your parents respond to that? What did they say to you? Um, what was their background that they were so uh, non-religious? I'm just curious about that. Nothing. My, my father died when I was 12. Uh, I hear he was a Presbyterian mm-hmm. like when he was younger. But in those days... Now we're talking the beginning of the 20th century. Uh, you know, everybody had a religion nominally. Or they were they were you know, christened into one. Sure. The term Christian because it was mostly Christianity. Yeah. And my mother nominally was an Episcopalian, and the church that she went to was an old church in town. But in my whole lifetime, they never went to church, never mentioned church. They didn't ask if I was praying in school or if I wasn't. It just was a non-issue. Okay, I see. Now, was there a point in your life where you consciously, um, you know, rather than being kind of, um, I'm a, you know, I, I, I have no 
particular feeling about it. Was there a point where you consciously, uh, an age where you consciously said, I am an atheist? Uh, well, well, there was a point when I said that because I never heard the word until I knew uh, when I heard it. I said, wow, that's what I am. Okay. I don't know if you ever heard of Madeline Maria Hoyer. I'm sure you haven't. I have, I have, yeah. She's probably not on your list of favorite people. Sure. She she was talking about when she was in the Army in World War II. Mm-hmm. And she was sitting with a um, with a, uh, uh, a captain eating lunch in Paris. You know, the, the Paris had been liberated. Yeah. And they're reading in a newspaper, and um, they're reading where uh, a firm that made goods for the U.S. military, the people were upset, the workers, and they may go on strike. So the, her boss, who was, I think, a major, said to her, a female, she said, oh, look at these people. She said, you know, uh, uh, you know what, what do they want? Madeline O'Hare had no political background. She said, well, uh, well, you know, maybe they have a point. And the major looked at her and said, you sound like a damn atheist. She didn't know what the word meant. So she went to the library and looked it up and says, hey, that's what I am. So that, that's kind of the thing, the same that I had. Okay, that's... I, I had a disbelief, but I didn't put a name to it. Yeah, there are instances. I want to save some for my debate. Matter of fact, sure. I'm going to give you a clue. My debate is going to open in the... Pro, the pro, uh, I don't know, there was a 30 minutes, our opening... Um, yeah. Uh, yep. going to be. Yep. Well, I want to have a baseball with me. And that's going to be, that's going to be part of the basis of my argument. So I'll just give you a hint on that. And oh. I will translate the terms into cricket terms for Andy. So I <laughs> That's great. I understand all the okay. cricket terms. Yeah, Dr. McIntosh is from uh, the UK. Yeah. Uh, so he, you guys will be on the same page there, right? He's uh, from Bedford, I think, from what I read about. He went to the University of Wales and a dear friend of mine. That's right. Graduated yeah. from there in 1988 and got a master's degree. She played baseball for me in truth. Well, this is, we're coming up on a break here. This is a great discussion. My guest is Jeff Arch, Archer. He is the president of the Atheist Coalition of San Diego. He's been so since 1995. And uh, we're going to be having a debate with him and Dr. Andy McIntosh coming up uh, not too far from now uh, on the 29th at San Diego State University, 7 p.m. We'd love for you to come out. It's free of charge. It's at the Alumni Association Hall. I'll be mediating the debate, uh, not giving my opinions at all. But um, we're having a discussion with Jeff today, and uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back, and we'll continue this discussion and find out uh, why he holds the position he does. Join the Creation Earth History Museum for our 10th Annual Museum Day Family Festival, Saturday, September 26th. Hi, this is Jason Payne, museum curator. I want to personally invite you and your families to a free, fun-filled event, including new exhibits, testimonies from leading scientific experts, meet NASA astronaut Colonel Jeffrey Williams, and many others. Activities for the entire family. So join us Saturday, September 26th from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Go online to learn more at creationsd.org or call 619-599-1104. 619-599-1104. When you need time Tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 730 to 530, and Saturdays, 730 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. 
Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. I will cast my cares on you. You're the anchor of my hope, the only one who's in control. Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. You can listen to this show all over the world at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org. My guest today is Jeff Archer. His website is atheistcoalition.org. He's the president of the San Diego Atheist Coalition here in San Diego. And uh, we're just having a a nice discussion here before uh, him and Dr. McIntosh have a more uh, uh, debate where they're arguing their points and arguing their perspectives. And uh, Jeff, I wanted to ask you, um, now you specifically uh, call yourself an atheist rather than an agnostic. And uh, what what for you is the difference between an atheist and an agnostic? Uh, for me, very, very rich differences. And I can't make the call because I call myself an atheist. I've heard agnostics that probably sound more atheistic than I do. Okay. Uh, like Neil deGrasse Tyson will say. You cannot prove there is no God, just like you can't prove there are no unicorns. There may be one in South Africa left. Yeah, <laughs> okay. So, so you know, I, I, I'd rather make a stand. I was interviewed by Channel 39 one time, mm-hmm. and Gene Cubison, do you know who he is? He's the top news guy there. I, I don't he, actually. He, he's interviewed me a few times. And, oh, okay. And he kind of accused me of being an agnostic, and I said no. I said, uh, he said, why do you call yourself an atheist? I said, because of the proof I have seen so far. It is highly unlikely there is the existence of a God. So I would rather say that than, and Madeline O'Hare called, uh, she called um, uh, agnostics gutless atheists. And she has, a, she has a point to a degree. I know some agnostics that are so afraid of using the A word, atheist, that they call themselves agnostics. And I think that's a shame. It's not a society, uh, atheists, it's not have a good name. And one of the Pew, uh, latest Pew research polls, they're a pretty good research company. Yeah. They had the, uh, the least liked people in America. And, and one, they asked the question, who would you not want your kids to marry? Number two of the worst was Muslim, 42%. Number one was atheist, 48%. Hmm. So, uh, you know, I look at this, uh, the, you know, I'm, I'm 67, I'm 68 tomorrow. The, the biggest thing I've got in my life is a parking ticket. I've been married 42 years to the same woman, and I look at the statistics. I don't know if you know this one. Atheists are the lowest divorcees in, in, in the country. Oh, I've never seen that. No, yes, evangelists, mm-hmm. evangelistic Christians are number one, and then it goes down through standard Christianity, Methodism, and so forth, Episcopalian, then Catholics, and then Muslims, and atheists. So, and the concept of marriage is very very crucial to Christianity. Sure, yeah, that's now, true. Now, Do you I think... have nothing against somebody who gets a divorce. I, I, don't, I could care less. Yeah. Hey, things didn't work out. But I'm just using statistics that may disprove some of this thing about morality. So if we are anywhere from 10 to 15 percent of the population, which I think is realistic, violent criminals today, fewer than one-tenth of one percent 
are atheists. Hmm. Well, so, uh, again, if you're trying to use the equation of morality in that, I think we're using false, false things. I've had people tell me, uh, you know, talk to me for a while, and just uh, and they say, oh, oh, what church do you go to? I said, well, I don't. And oh, why? I said, well, I'm an atheist, and they start shaking. One woman told me, my pastor told me I shouldn't be talking to people like you and walked away from me. Oh, well, the Bible, yeah. uh, the, the Bible doesn't teach that. That's silly. Uh, well, uh, you Jesus, know, yeah, now yeah. we can get into theology. And sure, I know sure. a little bit about it, but I'm not, I'm not, I don't know as much as you. Yeah. Uh, I know a little bit about it, but I think enough you know, to be uh, you know, fluent in certain aspects. Sure. So, Jeff, so, my, my question for you is, um, would you say, because you said, I, I, I hear what you're saying. You're saying that the reason you're an atheist is because for you right now, that's, that's most probable. That's what you, you look out and you go, this to me is what makes the most sense. Am, am I getting that right? Is that correct? Yes, highly probable. So would you just, say that your reasons for being an atheist are based on what you know about, for example, like science, logic, um, and and that's the reason you hold the position you do? They what? come into play. They didn't until later on in life. I have a sports background. I was okay. a sports fanatic. Yeah. I never got involved with politics or, or religion. I just didn't have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on my honeymoon, guess what I went and looked for with my wife? The Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> yeah. I said, wait, gee, maybe it's here. And they say, it's a plesiosaur and stuff like that. Yeah. Now I find out it's bunk. And, you know, they've, they've, they've scoured every square centimeter of uh-huh. Loch Ness with the proper lighting and everything. There's nothing there. That's just because he's dead, though. He's, he's, he's still, you know, he's just, he's hiding. <laughs> well, there's going to be at least 16 of them to carry on. <laughs> so, you know, so I'm just saying, you're, you know, you're I didn't d- come to this overnight, like one day, wow. And. Uh, I always loved science in school, but I never gave the thought of any philosophy of science. Mm-hmm. At age eight, I could stand and point to you every constellation visible in the sky and name it to you and every planet. I just was intrigued by this stuff. Uh, I didn't play a huge part in my life. Sports was everything. And again, that religion never came into play, especially in Europe. I was there eight years. I coached baseball professionally in Holland. And for six years, I came in as a player, then a manager and a promoter. I, I um, started the first night baseball league in London in the history of England at a, at a rugby ground. Uh, yeah. So, so, you know, so. so then, Jeff, what, what for you is the most compelling, uh, either, either for or against, uh, what's the most compelling reason that you are an atheist as far as this for me is really tells me that, that there is no God. What, what would that be? Could you narrow it down to one thing? Or two things? Oh, 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 a few things. Okay, prayer. Okay. You know, I find that, you know, uh, it's, it's, you know, kind of outrageous at times concept that this personal God is going to do this. And again, going back to George Carlin, he talks about, you know, the vengeance and stuff. He said he prayed to God for two months. Mm-hmm. And it came out 50-50. He wanted to try, he said, when he was younger. Then he prayed to Joe Pesky, who's a comedian, for two months. Same thing, 50-50. So um, I just find it, you know, that, you know, the whole concept just doesn't, doesn't fit my way of thinking, you know, of proof. And we, we've seen so many things in the last 50 years and more so in the last 10 that have just been exposed that, that, that we thought would we didn't know what it was was. And, and research technology has found out what it was. Now, now, wouldn't you say, though, that 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 would lead you to a conclusion like, let's say your prayers aren't getting answered. Wouldn't that um, lead not to necessarily atheism, but maybe a sort of deism where God may exist, but he's just uninvolved? Wouldn't that be the uh, shorter leap than to go? No, no, not no? to me. That, no? That's, like, that's like making an excuse. That's me. That's asking me personally what I think, as opposed to some people may think that way. I don't. Okay, so. I, I don't. I don't. I, I, I abhor the concept of praising anybody or anything. 
Sure. And I also don't want to be. Now, I don't know who the fellow made the statement, but this is how I feel. You know, uh, I don't aspire to be a leader, but I'll never be a follower. So I just find this. It's like giving up when you when you say you know when you say gee I got a problem I got this I want to know that and then you call an, an entity and it, to me it can't be seen maybe some people say they're seeing God but I, I've seen illusionists sure like Darren Brown who take yeah. hard, hardened atheists and make them pray in church and everybody knows what part of the brain now works and they can attach the thing to your brain and you can see you can see you know the white light that everybody sees you know that said they went to heaven and stuff like this so mm-hmm. uh, we're finding these things out every day we're finding more and more and more so what it you're is, you're saying is that I ever yeah. saw proof I mean proof yeah and I said this in channel 39 flippantly one time and I said if you know the success of the Hubble telescope goes up and one day I see a guy with a staff and a beard you know out there on it I said I'll say I was wrong <laughs> well, that's good. At least you admit you'd say you'd, you, you were wrong well, at course. that. But you wouldn't. You wouldn't say I, it wasn't. Ad- my life, of course. You know, yeah. I, there's no doubt about it. I don't think you find too many atheists that wouldn't say that. Uh huh. Now, now, Anthony Flew. Do you know who Anthony Flew is? No. Anthony Flew was a guy who used to debate against C.S. Lewis. You know, C.S. Lewis was an atheist who became a Christian, very yeah, famous, yeah, yeah. you know, wrote all the, all the books. And, yeah. and Anthony Flew was somebody who used to debate with him at Oxford. And uh, before he passed away, I think he was 82 or so, Anthony Flew wrote a book, There Is No God, but he crossed out the no and then put an A God. And he said at the end of his life, after 50 years of being an atheist, he decided he was wrong. And what for him was the driver behind why, why he was wrong was that, there had been such uh, advancements made in uh, biology and uh, chemistry and uh, cosmology. So basically he said everything was too complex. Uh, and you can look this up on YouTube, Anthony Flew interview before he passed away. Everything was too complex for there not to be a God. Now, he didn't become a Christian, but yeah. he said there has to be somebody out there that did something because the the – the fine tuning that takes place here, the complexity is so deep uh, that he didn't believe any longer that it made, you know, a, from a probabilistic perspective, it didn't make sense anymore to think that there wasn't a God. And I'm going to let you uh, answer this question, Jeff. We're coming up here on a break. Okay. But when we get back, I'm going to give Jeff a chance to answer this question regarding the complexity of the universe. And is that evidence for God or maybe, or in his mind, is it not? And we will be right back. My guest is Jeff Archer. He is the president of the Atheist Coalition of San Diego. And we're having a great discussion here about why he holds the position he does in regards to atheism. We'll be right back. Before I bring my need, I will bring my Not all home inspections are created equal. Experience matters. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. So call before you buy or sell and protect your investment. Call 619-660-7866 or online at sandiego.housemaster.com. Home inspections done right. Guaranteed. 619-660-7866. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-650-7866. 
to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego, every Sunday, 4 to 5 p.m. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org. You know, last week, my, my guest on the show was a neurosurgeon who prays with his patients, a Christian neurosurgeon here in San Diego, UCSD. And we've kind of flipped all the way to the opposite end of the spectrum. And now I'm talking to a um, 68-year-old gentleman, uh, Jeff Archer, a very nice guy. Uh, and uh, just a, we're having a great conversation about why he holds the position he does. As an atheist, he is a part of the atheist uh, president of the Atheist Coalition of San Diego, and we're having a debate. The, the debate will be on uh, Tuesday, the 29th, September 29th at San Diego State University at 7 p.m. at the Alumni Association Hall. Jeff is going to be debating with Dr. Andy McIntosh, who will be representing the Christian theist viewpoint, and Dr. McIntosh will actually be on my show next week. Um, and we're giving fair time here to both Jeff and uh, Dr. McIntosh. So, uh, Jeff, uh, what do you think about that argument, Anthony Flew, and the complexity of the universe? Does that persuade you at all or, or not? When did he die? Uh, he died probably right around five years ago. Okay, so he's fairly current. Yeah. Well, yeah, I look, I listen to Lawrence Krauss, I listen to Neil deGrasse Tyson, Michael Sherman, I listen to these people, and I look at them, I look at them put their case forward. And, and I, I look at, and to me, you know, well, it's so complex that, you know, we can't explain it. Uh, it it's really not, you know, a valid explanation because we can explain a lot of things you know, yeah. that, that we didn't, we couldn't even five years ago, you know, through, through technology and physics. And you're always going to find one of another out there. Now, uh, you know, I, when I'm reading the literature, to, you know, people like to cite, and I usually don't cite that one odd person out who was an atheist. By the way, do you know there's, a, there's an organization called Pastors Anonymous right now? There are 800 active pastors in the United States who still are preaching that are atheists. And there's 4,000 former ones. And this is a group for them. One spoke to my group. And, you know, he came out of the closet, and he, he was a Lutheran, and he told, uh, I guess they have a bishop in there and everything, one day, I don't believe in this anymore. And, and, the, and this is quite open. I'm glad, you know, they, they thought this way. He said, look, you've got six months left on your contract. Preach on Sunday. You can talk about anything you want. You know, he says, fine, you've made your choice. And the guy would talk one day about music. And so so, uh, so I don't use them, you know, as the pastors who turn to atheists because there is more active pastors than there are that have turned to atheism. So when, when you say one, now there's a fellow down in Mississippi, he's been quite famous, he walks around, he's a black guy, he's 57 years old, walks around with a Confederate uniform and a Confederate flag. Mm. And all the white racist groups love him, they, they have him speak. He doesn't represent the average thought of a black person in this country. Now if you get back to the Confederate flag, I have my views on that. I don't think it should be censored, I don't believe in censorship. Although I don't, you know, agree with slavery, and it also represents more things than just, I think, the Civil War and slavery. But you're going to find a black guy doing that. You, you know, you, you're going to find a white guy who hangs around with, with radical blacks. Yeah. So when you have the anomaly, I, I never use that as the proof of something. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think I, I agree. That would be a fallacy to appeal to the majority or appeal to an expert or, you know, like you said, appeal to an uh, anomaly, uh, an outlier. Um, I guess my question was more, uh, and you did, you did answer it was, is it, uh, is it, uh, compelling to you that 
he's saying, hey, things are so complex. The universe is so complex. I mean, you look at the way uh, cells are constructed and, and you look at these things and, and what are the chances of them, you know, coming all together? I guess I look at a few different things and, and they, for me, uh, from a, as a theist, as a Christian theist, I look at, for example, uh, the idea that life could come from non-life. And, you know, you have yep. the, the Miller-Urey experiments and these th- sorts of things where they've been attempting to generate life from non-life. And I've looked at the, the statistical probability of amino acids coming together to, fi- to form proteins to ultimately form a cell. And the numbers seem so astronomical that I, I just go, there, there's just some, some, there has to be some sort of a God out there. You, you might not want to call him God. Maybe somebody would, some, some people might call it an alien or some sort of intelligence. I've even, I've had atheists who said to me, look at, I'm an atheist, but I do believe that there's some force out there that started everything. And are you that type of atheist or are you more? No, uh, no. I, I, you know, the word force to me is just a general thing that really means nothing. If you ask any top atheistic evolutionary biologist, astrophysicist, how life came from non-life, you know what they'll tell you? What? I don't know. Yeah. Now, that's the beauty of science. They say they don't know. So then, now by taking that, I don't know, and then turning it into a text that was written, you know, a few thousand years ago, and say, we can find it in here. I, I, I can't believe that, because, you know, in the days that the Bible was written, you know, if, if a comet came, you know, that, that was a bad omen, and people, you know, they freaked out. Today we know it's, you know, ice and, ice and rock, you know, going through the sky. So, uh, no, I, I, really, I really can't buy that, and they're still trying to find that out. And um, so... You know, the saying, I don't know. Now, I love astrophysics, and I watch it. I watch all these guys. Five years ago, they had it down. The universe, it was expanding exponentially. You know, 30 years ago, it was going to end in fire or ice. Is it going to implode or, or go apart? Now we know it's going apart. They thought they knew everything. Yeah. And they found dark matter and dark energy, two contrasting forces, make up 75% of the universe. Mm. And today they go, I don't know. So that's the beauty, you know, we're still finding and, and, and by, by the scientific way, finding out, you know, what is there and what's not there. Do you know, it's less than, less than a century ago, we thought the Milky Way was the entire universe. Well, yeah. until 1923, when it, through a telescope, they saw these little dots, and they thought they were the edges of the universe and found out those are extra galaxies. Then we got bigger telescopes and bigger telescopes, and now we know, the, you know, there are trillions of galaxies. So uh, uh, that's the way I look at things. And everything in my life that I've looked at in depth and changed my mind on was for the same reason. You know, I looked and, you know, sometimes they didn't know. Let's take the Loch Ness Monster in 1973 when I went looking for it. Um, You know, some people laughed at it. The locals said it's real. There was no proof. You can't prove a negative anyway, but there was no proof it didn't exist. Now now we've got plenty of proof it doesn't exist. Mm. That was that was cut off ten thousand years ago, uh, Loch Ness uh, through through the River Ness and going out to to the North Sea. So uh, uh, dinosaurs, you know, okay, you're going to disbelieve this. Then again, you know, sixty five million years ago went extinct. So my in my own view of time and everything, it didn't make sense. Sure. So uh, no, I I just you know. Uh, I think we're still searching for that one, you know, now, and, and every, every, now in Germany, you saw my, did you look at my delivery in Germany when I was over yes, there? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. And you see the woman next to me, she was tremendous. She was, it was seamless the way she translated in German. Hmm. She's an evolutionary biologist, travels all over the world. We talked a lot about cells. We talked about DNA. You know, a lot of the stuff they know about, it's out there, the information. 
And I, when I try sometimes to tell people who don't believe it, they won't look for it. And this is what this is what gets me, you know. Well, have a look, you know. Yeah, well, I've I always can. Looked, I've always looked on the other side. That's great, and I anything compelling. Absolutely, that, I can. I can certainly appreciate that. I think that's great. That um, I think for everybody, um, you know. Uh, it's very important that we're looking at the information, we're looking at the evidence that's available, and we're we're evaluating that evidence. It's it's not a good idea to be closed minded. We end up with uh, you know bad situations in that regard. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to uh, kind of move in a little bit of a different direction, um, and I'll I'll preface it with this: uh, Do you know who Will Provine was? No, he was a Cornell University professor. He was also an atheist, and um, he. He recently passed away. Um, he had a, actually had a brain tumor, sadly. Um, but he he said he made a statement about what it meant to be an atheist. He said, as an atheist, it means there's no afterlife, there's no meaning to life, there's no free will, and there is no ultimate foundation for ethics. And I wanted to pose this question to you. I'm going to let you answer when we come back. Kind of kind of leave it off there, but. Um, how do you feel about that perspective? When we get sure. back, my guest, Jeff Archer, is going to respond to that question. And um, he is the president of the San Diego Atheist Coalition. And uh, his website is atheistcoalition.org. Uh, we're having a great discussion. We'll be right back. Add historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family-owned, Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Maine and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. Learn more at ExpressFixCoffee.com. There's got to be more than going back and forth from doing right to doing wrong. Cause we were taught that's who we are. Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170 The Answer in San Diego. And you can stream the show all over the world at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org. Uh, on the 29th of this month, we're hosting a debate at San Diego State University. Apna Hope uh, is hosting it, apnahope.org. They're an organization uh, there. And the title of the debate is, Does Atheism Make Sense of Reality? Uh, Jeff Archer, who is my guest on the show today, is going to be one of the people debating. He's representing the atheist perspective. And Dr. Andy McIntosh is going to be re representing the Christian 
theist viewpoint. Dr. McIntosh's website is truthandscience.org, and Jeff's website is atheistcoalition.org. So we left off the last segment, and I asked Jeff, uh, Jeff, what do you think about Will Provine's quote here? And I'll, I'll repeat it one more time for our listeners who are just tuning in. Uh, Will Provine, he recently passed away. He was a Cornell University professor. He was also an atheist, evolutionary biologist. He said, if uh, being an atheist means there's no afterlife, there is no meaning to life, there's no free will, and there is no ultimate foundation for ethics. Do you agree or disagree with uh, Dr. Provine? Uh, I agree with what he says. I don't agree with the reason he said it. I mean, you know, first of all, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with an afterlife. And uh, um, you, you look at the human race. You know, during the Stone Age times, the average life expansion, lifespan was 20 years. Mm. Roman times, 28. At the turn of the 20th century, 47. So in the last hundred years, now it's up to 78 from 47. And this can be attributed to, you know, being able to feed more people. Uh, we have more people on the earth and, and also and also medicines, vaccines, things that, you know, stop, you know, polio, you know, erase it from the world, except it's coming back a little bit in Syria because they have the civil war now and, and they can't even get vaccination. So that now um, meaningful life. You know, uh, every day I have meaning for life. Right now it's my writing. At one time it was sports. You know, you don't have to believe in an entity or, or, or a god, a god or gods, to have meaning for life. You watch what's around you. We do have brains. Free will, I don't believe in free will. We have been programmed, you know, our brains are still programmed to protecting ourselves against lions in, in the fields of Africa. Not for quantum physics. Now when you say, Jeff, when you say we, you don't believe in free will, do you mean that uh, right now, me, what I'm doing and talking into this microphone right here and what you're doing, that this is actually pre-programmed. Uh, is that, uh, is that what no, you're saying? No, I, said, I said free will, free choice. Yeah, we, we have certain choices we can make in life. But I'm making it's a choice true. to speak into this microphone. Is yeah, that's a choice. That's not free will. Free will, you will you were brought up and evolution has brought us and we're getting to the point of ethics. Can you, you differentiate know? between what it means to have free will and or can you well, explain free will that is, free will and free choice? I've that here so many times. And yet, yet our backgrounds through evolution have made us act in certain ways that we don't even know about. Because, and again, I'm not a scientist, but there's a there's hundred of them that could go out there and easily tell you the difference and why we we don't have total free will. And sometimes, to me, that's a cop out when somebody says, "Well, so and so just killed seven people." Well, that's because he was a bad person, had free will, and decided to do it. You know. Mm. Uh, there's a reason. Probably the frontal lobe of his brain was messed up when he was born, and nobody picked up on it today. They can. Yeah. So, you know. So but when you say when you, my understanding from uh, Dr. Provine was that there's no free will because, um, essentially, because we are molecular machines in in a sense, we are cause and effect machines. Our minds uh, are chemicals bouncing off one another, and that ultimately is what determines our behavior because they are inanimate objects that are bouncing into one another that ultimately we would be, uh, when, when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, we would be just cause and effect machines. Uh, is that the position you hold also? Uh, not in those words, but uh, by holding it, we, we are biological like every other living thing on this earth. Now, the Homo erectus was, was, was almost worldwide, you know, through Asia and Europe and Africa at one time. And they went extinct about 800,000, 700,000 years ago. But for a million years, they were all over the earth, and they had a very tiny brain. And they acted more like we would say an animal, you know, would in, in the wild today. And then they started eating meat, and the meat made the brain grow. This is scientific. The more you meat you had, the, your brain would grow. 
and they started getting a little more intelligent, but it was still tough to digest it. And about a million years ago, through accident, one of them dropped a piece of meat or something in a fire they had, keeping themselves warm, picked it up and ate it. Wow, they could eat this, and it was tender. And it was like unbelievable from the fossil remains, the size of their brains, how it went, you know, over 100,000 years from like almost the size of a pea to almost the size of the brain we have today. So, you know, again, this can be shown, you know, and yes, we are, we're all biological, the same, the tree outside, you know, uh, you know, my house, I'm looking at the orange tree out here, the one she gives great oranges, I have two dogs here, you may have heard one barking, my beagle, and, you know, we're all uh, finite objects, and, and science is looking for now why the aging process, we, we've also, we've doubled the rate of um, human life, you know, since the Roman times, almost tripled it. But why, you know, do, do people or, or animals, why do they age and their body degrades? Yeah. And they're trying to find this out scientifically. Now you come to the ethical problem. If they find out who's going to live for at least 500 years old and who's not. So mm. that's, another, that's another problem in itself. Now, the thing is, is that if you look at, um, so a tree, like this is a good comparison, and I'm just trying to clarify here. So if you look at a tree, it's purely cause and effect in the sense that the tree really has no will of its own. It's, it has no goal, uh, it's, it's operating purely off of pre-programmed uh, instructions, genetic instructions, essentially. On the other hand, it seems uh, that as we move up the scale in, you know, organisms, maybe from an ant to a uh, to a dog, uh, and then ultimately to a person, that a person seems to have a lot more uh, purpose in what they're doing as as far as they get to de- they get to decide from one thing to another what they do. Versus a tree is really at the uh, is really uh, under the pressure of its its uh, circumstances, its cause and effect. Um, you don't see a problem with that as far as... No, not at all. That no. tree that tree gives life to insects. It gives life to, uh, um, to, to whatever fruit it bears. And, and also, on the other hand, you know, the insects give life to it and spread pollen and everything. So that's part of it. Now, humans, we are gifted in that we do have the biggest brains. Mm. There's no doubt about it. You know, I, I can't say, you know, that, and, and you know, I, I've had, uh, we have two dogs now, married 42 years, we have seven, and they're pretty good thinkers, but they're thinking like a dog. And and, and they have emotions, they they have uh, um, uh, uh, empathy, uh, they're playful, you know, and, and they're intelligent. So, um, you know, just to say dolphins, I mean, we really love about them, they have their own language now. So, you know, to, to say that, you know, we are unique because of life is wrong. We are unique and that we have the form is probably the highest, in our view, form of a brain that can think. And Neil deGrasse Tyson once said, if some future, you know, civilization came and saw us from a distance, they would be so highly technologically, so high intelligence, they would look down at humans and laugh and say, like we do as a school of ants, 10,000 ants walking around. They'd, they'd look at us the same way and say, oh, how quaint, and not even stop. Mm. So, you know, so there are so many variables there. Yes, on Earth right now, uh, I would say humans have the most developed brains. We're the, we're the ones that can create things. We're also the only species that can destroy the planet as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm not sure I, I fully that this, I think this would take a longer discussion to, to fully grasp. I, f- I still feel like we're cause and effect machines if we're pure biology and there's no spirit to it. But I want to, I want to uh, end this segment with this quote. This is from John Lennon in his song, Imagine. He says, imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try, no hell below us. 
above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do nothing to kill or die for and no religion too. And you know, he, he has these lyrics and, um, my question for Jeff and Jeff, I'll let you answer this when we come back from the break is, do you kind of agree with John Lennon that the world would be a better place if there was no religion? Or do you think that religion serves a purpose? And, um, is, and specifically I'm thinking of Christianity, uh, is a benefit to mankind or do you think, Hey, it'd be better off if, uh, if imagine there was no religion at all. When we get back, Jeff Archer, president of the San Diego atheist coalition will answer that question. We'll be right back. God is changing lives on the streets of Hillcrest. And City on a Hill San Diego engages the community, talking with people, listening to them, and sharing God's love. See the stories at cityonahillsandiego.com. This is your invitation to get involved. Join them for a new worship service the second Saturday of each month at 6 p.m. at Joyce Beers Uptown Community Center. Call for details, 619-354-2511, cityonahillsandiego.com, sharing faith, hope, and love. What do leading local restaurants have in common? They depend on Express Fix Coffee for new and used coffee and espresso machines, repairs, and affordable monthly service. Dave Martin and his local team provide water filtration services too. Call San Diego's best espresso repair company, serving your home and business. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. 619-867-3853. 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Welcome back to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. And you can stream the show all over the entire world at am1170theanswer.com. If you like this show, which I hope you do, I hope you're enjoying our conversation, my website's educateforlife.org. And there's a lot of stuff. I'm sure there's a lot of questions running through our listeners' minds, uh, all kinds of stuff. This We can only cover so much in uh, this brief program. But on my website, there are all kinds of answers to anything that uh, is being brought up today that's making you think or making you wonder. Uh, feel free to go to my site and uh, all kinds of classes you can take there that uh, give the theistic, Christian theistic position on these issues. Um, Jeff, when we left off, uh, I was asking you about John Lennon's song, Imagine, where he's emphasizing that he, it seems he thinks that religion is the cause of a lot of the problems that exist. Do you think that Christianity uh, offers any benefit, uh, or do you think it'd be better if uh, the whole wor- uh, that, world were irreligious? Uh, yes, it does offer benefits. It also offers, to me, a lot of horrendous things. Okay. Not, yeah. not just about the wars and stuff sure. in the past, but the fact that, you know, some religions say you're born bad, you're never going to get, you know. I saw, and they have faith schools in Britain now. Tony mm-hmm. Blair brought them in. Taxpayer pays for them. Islamic ones, Church of England, Catholic ones. And somebody went on the camera and just filmed a class one. There was a six-year-old girl in there. There was a woman about 45 screaming at her, pointing at her, saying, you are a bad person. You were born that way. You're always going to be that way. This kid was shaking. Mm. 
I think that's outrageous that they should talk to a kid like that. Let's get back to Lennon's song. I've heard atheists use that. Wow, see, John Lennon said that. Yeah. And I've heard believers say that, you know, and he was trying to twist things around. Now, I think his mention about no religion means maybe no differences in religion, meaning that would not create the havoc we see between religions and among the same religions. We see that even among Christians and Muslims where they fight each other. I think that's what he meant by that. But I'm a rock and roll fanatic. I'm a historian. And <laughs> that was a pop song. You know, people, you know, they get all hooked up on these songs. Oh, satanic, it's this, that. You know, this was entertainment. He sang that song to make money. Sure, sure. So I take no merit whatsoever that John Lennon said that. And if you look at his background, he was kind of a son of a bitch, if you want to use the term. You know, he was not nice with women, with his wife, with you know, and uh, and some of his girlfriends. And so um, with his own comrades, he wasn't when Yoko Ono came on the scene. So I, I don't use this song or a singer. I believe this one thing. Entertainers and sports people, when they make a political statement, don't even listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> because, great, the guy can hit a ball 450 feet. Admire him for that. You know, if uh, um, you know, if, uh, an actor or an actress puts on a brilliant performance, that's a craft. That's nothing more than a craft. Yeah. If they make a political statement or a religious statement, you know, I don't even think anybody should listen to it. I don't know. Are you a sports fan? Uh, you know, I don't watch a lot of sports. I mean, uh, you know, I'll watch them when other people are watching. But for the most part, I don't watch a lot of sports. The Ozzie Guillen was a great baseball player. Mm. He played for the Padres initially here in San Diego, and then got traded to Chicago. Ended up being a tremendous manager. He was, ma he was managing in Miami, where there's a lot of Cuban exiles. And he made a statement about three years ago, and he said about Fidel Castro. And he said, wow, he said, the guy survived over 100 assassination attempts. Everybody took that as him praising Fidel Castro. Uh, you know, the next day he says something, well, he said, really, I have no opinion on him, but I probably don't like, you know, the government there or anything. And I'm thinking, this guy, you know, he changes his story every day. Yeah, he doesn't uh, know what he's if, talking if, about. If I, if I had to pick somebody in a debate with a political subject as a partner, he would be the last man I would pick. Yeah. Now, so if I was the general manager of a Major League Baseball team, and I'm looking for a manager, and he's available. He'd be the first guy I'd pick. Yeah. So uh, I understand what you're saying. That makes a lot of sense. So do you? So, but but do you think that uh, as atheism grows, you know, there recently there's uh, as of 2013, two British comedians, Sanderson Jones and Pippa Evans, uh, they started the atheist church movement that's going on, uh, and and supposedly there's quite a few atheist churches popping up. And in, in uh, I think that's ridiculous. First of all, you you do. Secondly, the British person started it when he arrived on the shores in New York, ordered his people for that movement, ordered them not to use the word atheist in it. Hmm. So, you know, they call them Sunday, whatever it is. Now, we have a group in San Diego. I know the people. Uh, I, the woman running it, she came to my house. We had a two-hour discussion. I told her I feel on it. You know. And you, uh, are, you are opposed to that? Yeah. You know, here, here's atheists, you know, and a lot of them, you know, they look at a, a, a bunch of people going to a church, and here in San Diego, we've got two mega churches, 10,000 people, for a ritual. And they're going to go, they're, they're copying them. Oh, you know, interesting. So, yeah, and, and a lot of atheists do oppose it for that. Why are you doing this? I mean, there's no, no reason for an atheist to do this. <clears throat> and an atheist, we, we have one tenet. You know, I wrote to you, I said, you said, my views on it. I have no views on it. We have one tenet. And I, I just believe in a supernatural entity. Mm. Beyond that, 
Poof, you know, you get 10 atheists in a room, talk politics, you're going to get 10, sometimes almost come to fist fights. <laughs> you know? uh, what baseball team's your favorite? You're going to get 10 different ones. So, yeah. you know, so that's the only tenant we have. We don't have a book. We don't say do this or that. You know, and um, so, you know, and I don't, a lot of atheists are quite uh, astute about knowledge in the Bible. And, and they'll argue for two hours with somebody, with a believer about the Bible. And I, I find that useless because everything can be taken in certain ways. The only thing I don't like about the Bible is what Psalms 14.1. It said, suffer the fool who doesn't believe in me and, and he can do no good. I, I don't know the exact one. I think that's quite ridiculous. Well, so Christians yeah. reading the Bible and reads that, they think I'm no good. They think I can do no good on this earth. Well, I don't think... Uh, I taught 3,000 kids how to play baseball in London. Well, that's fantastic, yeah. And programs I, that, that to this day, they, they thank me. They're in their 50s. They're yeah. professionals. I want to clarify, just for our listeners, I want to make sure, you know, uh, anybody who's a thinking person in this regard knows that uh, there are plenty of atheists who do good things, and uh, yourself included. And I think the real struggle with... Uh, when this comes up as a philosophical discussion is that um, somehow you have to have a standard for good. And so the standard becomes independent. It's, it's, it's dependent upon what each person thinks because there's no final standard from the atheistic perspective uh, of what is good or what is bad. And so when somebody says an atheist can do no good, it's, I think there's a, Sometimes people are missing one another in that discussion. It's well, the Bible says it. No, I know, but what it's talking about is specifically uh, that you in Amos it talks about a plumb line, a standard, you know, a level, something that you can appeal to as your standard by which you are getting better. So, if you were to say, for example, um, it's good to help the poor, uh, that's a standard by which you can equate I, I'm getting better or I'm getting worse. If I help more poor people, then that means I'm getting better. If I if I help less poor people, it means I'm getting worse. Therefore, because I've established a standard, I can say I'm becoming better or I'm doing good or I'm not doing good. But from the atheist per- atheistic perspective, each person in essence makes their own morality. And so what you end up with is a variety of different standards. So whereas some people, some person could be saying – I'm getting better by helping more poor people. Another person might be saying, well, actually you're, you know, uh, by, by giving out on a corner to people, you might, somebody else might say, well, you're actually not helping people because you're actually becoming more poor yourself or, you know, because people have all these different standards is what they're saying. So, well, the one about you're not helping them. I've heard more Christians say that than atheists. Mm. So conservative, I, I conservative Christians say that we've oh, come on. And yeah, you have the gospel. What is it? The prosperity gospel. That guy who's asking for sixty-five million dollars for a new jet. Yeah. So yeah. we we uh, <laughs> you know. so, Je- Jeff, you know, morality it preceded monotheistic religion. You know what? We'll empathy, we'll uh, pick this did. pick this debate up uh, on September 29th at SDSU Alumni Hall. This, but it'll be between Dr. McIntosh and Jeff Archer. Jeff, um, we're just about out of time here, so I really want to thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. No problem. I had a good time. Absolutely. And uh, guys, if you found this discussion interesting, I think you'll find it even more discu- uh, more uh, interesting if you show up on tw- on the 29th, 7 p.m., Alumni Hall at San Diego State University. And uh, Jeff's website is atheistcoalition.org. My website is educateforlife.org. You can get more information about the debate. And thanks for tuning in tonight. Next week, we'll have on Dr. Andy McIntosh, who is going to be Jeff's um, debate opponent on on uh, the 29th. So tune in next week. We'll see you then. Have a great night. 
Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, a regular feature on AM 1170, The Answer. Learn more about Kevin and his work online at his website, educateforlife.com. That's educateforlife.com. You'll find great resources, ideas, and even video classes there to help you grow and understand what in the world is happening. Encourage your friends to listen for great guests and intelligent analysis of the stories that shape our lives. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, exclusively on AM 1170. The answer. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You allow. 